0: This is our f-ing
1: city. From the Pod 617 studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network.
2: What's up, everybody? Boston Podcast brought to you by the Boston Podcast Network. Pod617.com. Is that enough pods for everyone? I hope you get it. I think you do. Anyway, as we do here on the show, we talk with, as uh, our voiceover guy, John Meter-Perel said, a rotating cast of characters. I have one such character with me here today. He's attorney Pete Farrell. I just like to call him Pete. But listen, Pete, welcome to the Boston Podcast. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me. Fans are (laughs) on their feet. Now... Pete is not just any other lawyer. He's, uh, he's a good guy, which, uh, insert joke here, distinguish him from most <laughs> lawyers. I hate how everyone has a lawyer joke these days. I mean, it's, it's man, um, don't hold it against me. <laughs> Pete is a special needs lawyer. I know you do some other stuff, too, but we met through special needs connections. Give us just the the short, the, you know, the 15 to 20 seconds of where you
0: work and what you do and that kind of stuff. Sure. Thanks again, Dave. So I'm a lawyer with Tampkin and Hodgeberg and Newton Corner. Uh, I particularly specialize in education law, uh, but people know me as the special education lawyer that represents families of kids that have IEPs or 504 plans that, you know, from time to time may be struggling in school or whatever and, and they need a little extra help in terms of advocacy or if they need somebody to really... Um, light the fire under the school district to do the right thing.
2: It can be harrowing, right? And as now you and I, the spoiler alert, both special needs parents. I mean, I talk about my son all the time. So um, people are probably sick of hearing about it. But my son, Adrian, who's 20, has autism. He's awesome. He's hilarious. He's the love of my life, but he's always going to need some help. We fought the school for years and usually just kind of threw up our hands and said, is that is that typical in Massachusetts and everywhere? Or?
0: Well, Massachusetts is actually a good place to live um, for special ed. Uh, Massachusetts, New York, and New Jersey, uh, particularly with our children who have autism, mm-hmm. um, it's a really good place to live actually. So, but sometimes you know you as a parent are so bogged down in the day to day caring for your child that it's just another hurdle. That is put up that you need to jump over and Mm -hmm. that's when the hands going up in the air or you know getting frustrated with how things go down I mean that's how I've seen it I've seen clients do it I've had it in my own personal life with my wife and I dealing with uh, the town in which we live we actually ended up pulling our kids Mm -hmm. our 10 year old twins who one's autistic the other is neurotypical uh, we pulled them from the town where we live, and they actually go to a charter school, which is contrary to popular belief. Really great uh, really? for special education.
2: And were there any implications for? Did the the town where you live, did they have to approve of this, you know, what they call the outplacement? Uh,
0: or? So it's not, yeah, good question. Mm-hmm. It's not really an outplacement. It's a public school, so it's by lottery. It's just by luck that they got picked mm-hmm. um, to go. So we made the decision in kindergarten that we would have the kids go to the charter school as opposed to our local school district. So... The school's made up of 26 towns up and down the South Shore, mm-hmm. uh, and we've never looked back. And it's an inclusion model, which, to those of you that don't know, it's uh, basically our daughter, Madeline, uh, is in with all of the other kids and has lots of friends that are typical adolescent 10-year-olds, and Sister Molly is in the mix there, mm-hmm. too. And she does everything else that everybody else does, which is what we wanted. Do you think
2: it's different than when we were kids, the, the, the way the other kids react to kids with challenges?
0: Um, I think it's different in that kids nowadays are more accepting and they're more aware. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, maybe when we were younger... Um, you know, I remember being in elementary school and kids, it was the, the expression was mainstreaming and you got to try out a wheelchair or you right. got to try crutches or, or have your vision uh, covered where you weren't able to see. And, you know, those were, you know, somewhat novel things for kids to experience. And nowadays, you know, kids that have some challenges, they are just included as one of the other kids, which is great. Yeah. And that's what we want to see, I think, as parents.
2: And I think they they get something out of that. It, it's it's really it's one thing to be accepted, and I do think this generation much better than the generation when we were growing up. I mean, part of it was just education. We didn't know about the autism spectrum. In fact, I don't even think it was referred to as a spectrum until you know probably as recently as ten years ago, something like that. I don't know, but um, maybe twenty or so. But it, but the point being, there were kids that I remember who were definitely on the autism spectrum. There's one kid I can remember the look in his eye, this kid, Gary, I went to junior high with and kind of didn't fit in, kind of didn't make too many friends. He had a lot of trouble making eye contact with other kids. And you know, that that is a telltale sign of Asperger's or someplace on the, the autism spectrum. And it's a shame because you wonder if maybe people knew oh you know he's, he's on the autism spectrum you know he needs a little extra time you know to, sometimes it takes a little longer to explain things to him and um these days there are certain kids i know my son had peers who took it as a point of pride that they were able to, they had a great day and they did something with adrian they taught him how to do xyz yeah. i mean i think it's cool dude
0: it's absolutely cool and i think that um you know, last week, you know, case in point, if it's a, mm-hmm. <laughs> Madeline, uh, they had some type of like talent show or something at school and Madeline ended up being the master of ceremonies because she didn't want to be the, you know, the talent in the show. Right? But, you know, she loves being on the stage and dancing and You know, where there's a microphone, you know, if she were in here right now, she'd be on this microphone. Oh, we got to get her in here. Come on. (laughs) As (laughs) if it were. The Madeline show. The Madeline show. The Madeline show uh, would be a treat because she's a treat. And I think the other, her peers, you know, they don't look at her as being... Um, different, you wouldn't recognize her as being different just looking at her. But you know, she, um, ha, she, we say it's Madeline being Madeline, and right. she's uh, she's great to us, mm-hmm. and uh, she's doing great in school, and um, she has a lot of people that are cheering her on.
2: That's awesome. That's awesome. I I, uh, I recall there was a school board hearing in in my town which at one point employed the New England Center for Children as an outside consultant partner program is what they called it. And it was wonderful and for years and years, amazingly the special needs parents had nothing to complain about. Then the school, of course, in all its wisdom with a a new SPED director who has since departed, the guy wasn't exactly Mr. Personality, let's put it that way, but he was planning to cut New England Center from the program, which he did. And we there was a school board hearing where, you know, I got up and said I'm a special needs parent and you say you can put together your own program. You've already got this like Cadillac of a program right, here right. And, and you're looking to like scrap it and try to put together a new Cadillac with like used parts from here and there. And I made this big impassioned speech. I was very proud of myself. But then after me, unexpectedly these parents spoke and they were parents of typical children who were like, they, they, they're like, I, I, don't, I can't believe you're getting rid of this. They, they do such a wonderful job in integrating the typical kids. And so, um, you know, you don't always win, right? I mean, you m- you must come up against so many school boards that um, unfortunately have limited tools and, and sometimes wrong headed thinking.
0: Yeah, you know, I think that that's something that I sometimes struggle with in how we approach it. Because on the one hand, I have as a lawyer the utmost respect for people that are charged with teaching our children. -hmm. And and teachers in particular, and and special education administrators, and principals, and guidance counselors, and things of that nature. But sometimes I think you know the process is broken. Right. I think that any parent that's been down the IEP road, you know, with an individualized—the key word—individualized education. What it's supposed to be, yeah. Right. And sometimes we really get into the weeds when school districts are forced because of this imperfect system to have a one size fits all. And, you know, I'm pretty sure that last year the Supreme Court was very clear yeah. that it has to be an individualized program that's based on that particular student's individual circumstances. And, and to meet that, um, you really need to do a deep dive into what works for that child
2: and how they learn. Do you get some big wins? Do you get some moments where it's like the the family is, um... So grateful that you were able to fight for something that they really needed?
0: Um, big wins are when, I, you know, I often describe it to people that are just starting out. And I had a, a case, you know, speaking generally a couple of years ago uh, where a very, very dear friend of mine from law school called me up and her sister needed some help. Um, and, you know, I is a young guy, you know, I think he was 10 at the time that, you know, he's out of school and he's in elementary school. I'm Mm -hmm. like, how, how do we get to the point where we have a 10 year old that doesn't have a school to call home Right. (laughs) elementary school? And I described it, you know, quite, and I remember it like it was yesterday because it was as poignant as the day is long. And it was, he's a man without a country Mm. and, you know, not having a school to go to when you're 10, that's kind of a big deal. It's like yeah. not having, you know, Night a little man. league team to play on. Right. And so many, many months later, you know, I saw my friends. Uh, we caught up for dinner in Manhattan. I was down there on business and uh, she showed me a picture of her nephew. And, uh, you know, it's as if like literally as like her cab is pulling away from the sidewalk. Yeah says, oh my sister sent me a picture and she said she sent this note and it said the man has found his country. Oh come on! Oh, you're gonna make me cry. Was, no, oh. I, and and it's um you know something that drives me because I've sat in that seat. I've had people tell me no. I had people tell me no. You know, in pre-K for my own daughter, that you know we're not going to do this, that, or the other thing, or what the doctor has recommended. Right. And you know, I have very little tolerance in my life for professional and personal for people that say I can't. Right. Because I see the I can every day. Yeah. And there there are great outcomes. You just have to uh push forward and when appropriate, uh be a little bit more aggressive than you ordinarily would be. Um it's tough to be both parent and advocate, mm-hmm. and certainly lawyer, husband and father, but I tell people often, Dave, um, mm-hmm. you know, I am dad first, husband second, and lawyer third every day. <laughs> and it, it served me well.
2: Yeah. It, it reminds me of, uh, the line from, um, a few good men. God, <laughs> what is it? Uh, core, uh, core, army, core, God, country. I'll have to look that up. Core, God, unit,
0: God, core, unit. God, core,
2: <laughs> unit, country. Yeah. No, I think God wasn't even first. I think it was unit, core, God, kind of whatever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, dad, I like yours better. You know, uh, yeah. Dad, husband, uh, lawyer, and then superhero. After that, fighting crime yeah. at night, yeah. right, Pete? Exactly. Um, by the way, Pete's at the law firm of Tampkin Hockberg, and um, if you want more information on him, when in doubt, if you have questions, at least you should at least give him a call. If you're wondering whether you should be fighting with the school system about uh, the IP program, if your your child or da- your son or daughter isn't getting the Services you deserve. This isn't an ad for Pete. He didn't pay for this, but it, it's worth looking him up. Tampkin H-O-C-B-E-R-G, Tampkin, typical spelling, T-A-M-K-I-N, Tampkin Is that right, Pete? It's right. Thanks. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, this is a good topic. Is it okay to make jokes about people with special needs? It's a trick question. Hang on. Pete and I may have different answers. Hang on and stay with us on Boston Podcast.
1: Hi everybody, I'm Chami de Let me take a minute to tell you about the Boston Podcast Network. How would you like your own podcast? The Boston Podcast Network can produce one for you, whether you're a lawyer, financial advisor, business owner, or really any kind of professional. You should have your voice heard through this exciting new medium. A good podcast is more powerful than traditional advertising. If a prospective client hears your podcast through their earbuds, you're already in their head, literally pod617.com will help you deliver a message and build relationships clients and centers of influence will delight in being a guest on your show go to pod617.com to start planning and in the meantime listen to the great shows they've already produced the irreverent bitchless bride podcast the hilarious show known as Shawshanked and the wild trip through the paranormal that is Monsterland be part of the pod revolution Visit pod617.com. In pod, we
2: trust. Welcome back to the Boston Podcast on the Boston Podcast Network, pod617.com. Go to our website, by the way, check out all the great podcasts we have. We have shows on the Beatles. We have shows on the paranormal. We have shows on wedding planning. We have shows from lawyers, other professionals. And by the way, you should get your own podcast if you are interested once again, go to our website, pod617.com. We produce them right here from our humble, yet dazzling studios in Westwood, Massachusetts. And I'm here with attorney Pete Farrell, my buddy. Uh, we've been talking about, he's a special needs lawyer, an advocate for families that need help getting their children the services and education that they deserve and are entitled to under the law. Right, Pete? That's sometimes very true. We say that with frustration sometimes, but we thought we'd, we've got a fun topic. Here's the question. Is it okay to make jokes Um, connected to the world of special needs. And you might say, no way. Well, I'll tell you, we're going to kick this off with a clip. Now, many of you may be familiar with The Onion. It's known as a satirical newspaper. I think it was a newspaper and then a website, but they also do some videos. And so this is from The Onion News. So this is satire. It's a joke. But, here's the, but the question is, is this within the bounds of good taste? I'm going to play it for you right now without any further introduction. Here it is from The Onion News.
1: This is The Onion News Network. Report first, ask questions later.
3: And we have a tragic story now out of Braxton, California this hour. A 23-year-old man was tragically killed this morning by a train when he jumped onto the tracks to retrieve a woman's purse. Autistic reporter Michael Falk has the story. So she I have said, the story.
2: Autistic reporter. At 4 or
3: 05 p.m., a 100,000 pound Comet Liner 2 stainless steel car ran into a man at the Braxton station. Luckily, there was no structural damage caused to the car's chassis, so it was only a matter of cleaning the train to remove the human debris and return it to a pristine state. Oh, just wow. a terrible accident, Michael. No, Brooke. This was a very lucky day for the train. <laughs> if it had been hit by something bigger, like a car or a boulder or a large animal, it could have been dented. Okay. Do we know anything about the man that the train hit, Miguel Laviera? He's dead now, Brooke. The train, because of its Westinghouse Ekem XCA 448F propulsion system, requires a minimum stopping distance of 625 feet. Before the train came to a complete stop, it ran over a three trash bags, a piece of gum, a Snickers wrapper, a man in a glove. This just terrible. Now I understand that the platform was packed with commuters at the time of the accident. Yes. That cameraman told me to talk to the people who saw the train get hit. Here's what they said. <laughs> are you angry because your train ride is over? <laughs> no, I didn't even get on the train. Well, Don't worry. Once the blood and flesh is hosed off the car, you'll be able to ride the train again. <laughs> who are you? Hi, Michael Falk of the Onion News Network. Nice to meet you. Uh, now, Michael, it doesn't seem that the conductor was at fault. All right, well, we Were get the point. We get industry? the point,
2: right? So... All right, I'm not uh, – well, first of all, Pete, what what'd you think of that?
0: You know, I, my initial reaction was not good. Yeah. And just how, you know, the kicking off, describing him as autistic. But, yeah. you know, I chuckle, Dave, because I see – some of the tendencies, you know, and who knows if the actors playing this part or if he's actually, I have no idea. Yeah, it's what, unclear. I, it's, I wondered uh, that myself. It's unclear, but how yeah. he describes, you know, the litany and the list of, you know, the parts of the train. <laughs> yeah, he knew and all the parts of the train. Of, and by the way, the guy's just dead. Right. <laughs> but, you know, all of those things, when you have a, a person with autism and they literally no component parts of songs or, uh, trains in this case. Right. And it's really, you know, while that might be off putting to someone, it's really remarkable when you listen and do more listening and you think of all of those things that people are paying attention to because none of that would ever even go over my head so fast that, you know, it's kind of, it's remarkable when you think about it in a way, but you know, I, I, you know, I'm a little bit sensitive. You know, my wife would tell you I'm very sensitive mm-hmm. um, to, you know, jokes about kids with autism or whatever. But, you know, humor-wise, I mean, this is something that's I laugh because I can relate mm-hmm. to the reporter. Because right. in, in some ways, I'm like, oh, you know, I hear some of that those things, um, those types of behaviors Um but, you know, our, in our situation, you know, we deal with humor a lot because there's something glorious and fun that comes out every day out of our daughter, Yeah, you know, and, and some of the, you know, the funny things like, you know, up skiing at our place in New Hampshire and and our daughter is uh she loves the water and playing in the sink or whatever and I go in and I bust her, you know, before the tsunami like comes through the living room. Yeah, yeah. And Flooding I the house. You know, and I run in there and, and uh, you know, I, I, I scoop her up and give her a hug and I'm like, you know, Maddie, you know, come in the, you know, and uh, she'll say something nice and whisper in my ear or whatever and then she says to me Dad, could you go in the other room? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my son used to. He, my son used to
2: say, "Leave and close the door. Leave and close the door." And it wasn't because he was upset, and it wasn't because he doesn't exactly. generally like spending time with me. Is that at that moment he wanted me to leave and close the door? And why? Why bother beating around the bush? When you know when right. you, when that, that's that's. Um, Something that the autism brain doesn't have. They don't have, which, by the way, is is not such a bad thing. Like, right. like I remember my uh, cousin of mine saying, "I wish I could just tell people leave and close the door like I want to a lot yeah. of
0: times." And you know, there's something so pure about. Uh, first of all, I don't think the kid could lie to save her life. Yeah. Ever. Right. But um, you know, and, and we were up again. Yeah, like I said, this last weekend. Uh, you know, the water thing happened a couple weeks ago in the same place. We were up there this weekend and, you know, my mom or dad said, you know, Maddie, you know, what was your favorite part of skiing? And she said, going down. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. it made mean, the whole place cracked up because yeah. it was like, you know, most kids would say going fast or, yep. you know, going off the jump. Maddie's like going down. Going and everyone's down. like, hey, makes sense. You know, you go down the mountain, yeah. that's what skiing is. And, yeah, you know, it's uh, simple yet, um, yet funny. And... Um a lot of those little anecdotal type things are what keeps us going yeah. for sure, as I'm sure it does other parents and um, you know, oftentimes, and I'm sure you can relate to this too, mm-hmm. having somebody even watch your kids, never mind having a kid who is autistic and having mom or dad or, you know, our my sister in law steps in. She lives right around the corner. Um, you know, having uh, them watch the kids is sometimes challenging. And you know, I hearken back to you know, my dad even got footage of Madeline making pancakes. Wow. Uh, unfortunately, the pancakes involved, you know, probably a five-pound bag of flour. I mean, it looked like it had snowed in the kitchen. And, you know, well, Dad— you got to break a few eggs to make that omelet, you know. Gran- so. Grandpa, to his credit, you know, before he you know, blew his—he didn't blow his stack and caught himself and said, you know, Maddie, if you know, if we wanted to make pancakes, you know, just wake me up next time. You know, <laughs> and I could—when I saw—and this was like a rare— night out for my wife and i wherever we went or what have you we Mm -hmm. went out and you know the funny thing is we come back and we see these pictures i mean we felt legitimately bad yeah i mean it was like there's probably still flour like on top of the cabinets (laughs) but yeah you never get all of it but you know the the and then um maddie her response is well i made a mistake i made a mistake Uh and that's but you know we have such a good loving family that uh you know, Grandpa then proceeds to make pancakes with Madeline, and all is forgiven. But yeah, the day it snowed in the kitchen is <laughs> is the day that will live and in you, infamy in our house.
2: And you have to laugh. I mean, you you have to laugh, and that, oh, yeah. that, that and that's why you know you and I were talking about this before we started recording the podcast. But um, there are places you don't go, and you know right. as as a. Uh, as a teenager and as a person in my 20s, I used to use the word, uh, re- the R word, retarded, to talk about, mainly because it sounded funny with the Boston accent, and it became a lexicon. It became a thing. Uh, you know, Jimmy Fallon used to use it when he did his character from, from Boston, and it sounded funny, and I never thought anything of it. And then, you know, eventually, um, when more was learned about the world, of special needs, about the autism spectrum, about kids with what we used to call mental retardation and now it's been, you know, split into categories and we of course, you know, there are kids with Down syndrome, there are kids with um I'm forgetting some of the other diagnoses, but they're more specific. At any rate, the the whole problem with the the R word is that when people sometimes will say it and say, that's so retarded. And then I I will always, uh, call them on it. I try to do it as politely as possible. And my son is, is not technically mentally retarded. That's different than autism, but nevertheless, um, that's. I call
0: him on it too. I mean, you shouldn't feel bad about that. Yeah. So why do you do it? I do it because. Uh, and I'm not uh, as polite, to be honest. Right. <laughs> so, why I do it is because I—it's not right. Um, you know, one of the things we we're talking about when we we're off the air. You know, I don't know if it's necessarily equivalent to other bad things that people have been called in the course of time, that in other you know circumstances. But it—it's—it's it's a put down. It's right. A, it's a put down. There's no need for it. Uh, you know, we, you know, we look at, and you know, we've heard it in, and maybe in our world as, uh, you know, special needs dads, we hear, you know, these are, we don't like to say that Madeline is different. We, you know, she, or that she has a special brain or I don't even know how to describe it. But, yeah. You know, it's that they have. I say, always, they
2: have a, Adrian's always going to need some help. Yeah. That's what I say because they it's have, true. Yeah. They
0: have an extraordinary ability to do certain things and they, right. they, look at the world through a different lens mm-hmm. um, not only by sight but by hearing you know all of their senses and um you know madeline has this great t-shirt which she mm-hmm. plays the drums i went to her drum lesson last night after nice. home from skiing and her shirt says i destroy silence and with a drum set oh my on God,
2: it. i love that <laughs> you know that's awesome
0: and you know when you see this kid play the drums <laughs> and are able to follow along you know she really has um, this ability, uh, I could never be that coordinated. I mean, yeah. She certainly didn't get that from me. That's <laughs> yeah. fantastic. It's funny yeah. how
2: they have different the different skills that manifest itself in different ways. Yeah. Adrian loves music, and he's got this amazing memory. He can exactly, and, and you've seen it before. Yep, though, but, I have. But he can't play an instrument. It's just we tried, and it's just that's just not his thing. But they, they're clearly they're they're the the things that they uh, are, struggle with or need help with communication, yep. interaction. Those. That whatever you know brain power was sort of shifted in them went over to something else that they're really good at and really amazing at and the other thing i think is cool is and this maybe comes back to the the um uh autistic reporter for, on, the, on the onion news is they can be really unbothered by
0: life's annoyances oh, yeah. right um Un- s- unbothered unfazed yeah um you know and in a way it's really refreshing to see that because, you know, while my, what might be, look in our house, it's, it's, um, you know, Madeline's sister, you know, she's, I'm not going to say mm-hmm. she's bothered by everything. She's not, but, you know, she has her own challenges given that, excuse me, that she's 10, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <Right. laughs> that she's 10 and has a sister that, you know, needs, like you said, a little extra help. And, right. um, you know, that's not necessarily a fault uh, of anybody. It's just the way that things are. And you know what? I don't think I'd have it any other way.
2: Yeah, it, it, and I say that too. Um, you know, I mean, that there are a lot of wacky therapies and theories about autism that um, are simply not true. Hello, Jenny McCarthy. It has nothing to do with <laughs> vaccines. And there's no magical. If there was a magical pill that um, could cure autism, I'm sure we would go find it there there isn't one
0: you're exactly right and i think the thing that probably there's no magical cure but i think the thing that haunts me and this is just me Mm -hmm. but is you know uh, there's not really a definitive cause like i have no idea how we ended up where we are yeah and and, you know i I don't think i go back and try to do anything differently yeah. But at the same, same. time, I, I'd like to know how this happened because, yeah, you know, sure. But at the same time, I'm only looking forward. And it's like, and I, yeah, <laughs> guilty as charged, I said it t- today uh, to uh, my wife uh, over instant message of all things. You know, mm-hmm. we on, I say we're on to Chicago like Bill Belichick. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't yeah. harp um, uh, on the past in the past. I mean, we had a very significant, um, you know our girls were twenty five week twins. They weighed one pound when they were born. So, wow. you know, my layperson's brain is like, oh, did that have something to do with this? And you know, who knows? We're never going to know. What? Um,
2: well, it, it, and uh, but I don't think there are any studies that bear that out. Is there? No, not, yeah.
0: that, not that I'm aware of. And even yeah. if but then were, again,
2: there aren't any studies that tell us where <laughs> autism comes from at all. So. True. And
0: even if there were, yeah. I wouldn't be smart enough to you know sift yeah. through this giant. You know, I, I look at every day as a win and our kids, any kids, you know, my clients, my cho- my own children, um, they do something remarkable every day. Right. And it's just, it's one foot in front of the other. And when you see these kids get, you know, the services that they need, whether it's in school or out of school, you know, we, we've just recently linked up with a great ABA um, applied behavioral analysis outfit yes. outside of school mm-hmm. um, that gives um, some behavioral support and helping Madeline to you know navigate the world at home whether yeah. it's personal hygiene you know getting you know, it's it's that uh, you know I'll give you an example mm-hmm. uh, to. Months ago, Madeline and I—that task on Saturday afternoon was to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. All right, you know I'll give you—I'll you I'll yeah. give, you, give you the over/under on how long it took <laughs> to, to make to make the sandwich, right? And was there collateral damage uh, on you know, the counters yeah, or the floor? You know or? what? <laughs> no collateral damage, but I'll tell you, after 45 minutes, it was the best peanut butter and <laughs> jelly sandwich I had in
2: my life. That's a damn good and, peanut butter and jelly. Uh, sandwich,
0: yeah. You know, and then we had, of course, Doritos because you know Madeline loves Doritos. Doesn't really go with peanut butter and jelly. No.
2: Well, you could do worse. You but, could do you worse. you know,
0: she puts her hand in the bag. I'll remember this because it was funny as hell. Mm-hmm. She puts her hand in the bag and, you know, she comes out with her little fingers with like three chips and, yeah. you know, I have these monstrous, you know, hands that are <laughs> like the claw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I go in there and she's like, oh, and I'm like, that I like go grab a hand. I'm showing her, you know, the difference between a handful and like, you know, three chips. Yeah. And she sees that I'm able to pull out this big, giant handful of yeah. chips. And we sat there and, you know, I laughed about it. And, and, and she's got the best laugh, too, which is funny. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's those little victories that when you're busy and, you know, it's not a secret that parents don't lead a stress free life. Right. When you're trying to, you know, throw everybody out the door into the car and not get, you know, the 40th tardy slip of the year. Yeah. Um, I it, can think of no more dad,
2: daddish <laughs> dad moment to the, uh, you're the king of the dads the moment you show your kid how to get a fistful of Doritos <laughs> and maximize your Dorito pleasure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, what you say about moving on is, is so true. And I, I always, I say this to people who are either uh, struggling with the kid's diagnosis. May, in some cases, they kind of don't want to accept the diagnosis. Diagnosis yeah. is unclear. With autism in particular, the symptoms present themselves mysteriously. So it, you don't get a straight answer out of people right away. Yeah. You know, and, and I tell people, it's going to hurt. And I remember, her, and for some reason, I, I don't know when it was, maybe Adrian was four or five or six or whatever it was. I just kind of said to myself, why am I... It's like I'm hysterically waiting every day for him to get better, and that's stupid. Like, open, oh, if you, I open my eyes, I could see what he is, and I've got a pretty yeah. good idea of what he's gonna be. Now I, we don't know. I mean, he he could all of a sudden, you know, win the Nobel Prize, or you know, better yet. Um, go to UMass, become a typical kid, and get kicked out for drinking or something. That we'd, hey, be, listen, very, I'm we'd, a UMass we'd be very proud. Watch the
0: UMass jokes there. Hey,
2: my parents, <laughs> my, my parents, and my brother—all all, Minutemen. <laughs> so it wasn't meant as a slight. it was just meant as you I'm, know the I real, joke. Yeah, there you go. Did,
0: but, did you go see? Ahead. You know, you and I are both lawyers, and mm. there is an article recently that just came out—the first autistic lawyer. I saw had, that admitted to the bar in yeah. Florida and. You know I pulled off the article, sent it to my wife. I, I'm sharing it with everybody I know because there's just this remarkable achievement that you know it really comes down to you know all of these and a very, very accomplished young woman. I mean, she was published by the time she was fifteen, and yeah. talking about her experiences as an adolescent on the autism spectrum and and I was really, really struck by that because I knew how hard I worked to pass the bar and all the struggles that I personally had and Mm-hmm. and things of that nature and you know I pulled it off but and, and it was just this inspiring story that struck me as uh you know, hope, hope for humanity, if you will. And, yeah. Uh,
2: and it's like, there's, there's no reason why someone on the autism spectrum can't become a lawyer. In fact, yet I know a guy, I won't, I won't call him out, although he probably wouldn't mind if he were here. He's an intellectual property lawyer and he says he, he's on the autism spectrum. Now he's extremely high functioning, right. but, but right. he's been dying and you can tell he's a little, what you might call off, but, and he's cool with it. But, um, this was more of like this woman prick proclaimed herself, you know, uh, Hay- yeah. we're looking at the article now, Haley Moss out of Florida. She was diagnosed at uh, three years old. That's uh, funny. Of course, she could do 100-piece jigsaw puzzles and read, but she did not speak for a while. And then, um, so she just got admitted to the bar and and, and she's uh, become an advocate for others with autism, which is yeah. pretty cool. It's
0: pre- pretty awesome. And yeah. I think that that's really... You know where we're headed as a society. You know, getting back to your question about the R word. You know, right. I think it's becoming more and more marginalized and not socially acceptable to use that type of description. And because you know, one, it's not appropriate. And two, I think lab- even labeling people as autistic. I mean, somebody would ask me, "I mean, I'm an adult. What's yeah. a, what's autism? What's autistic?" I'm like, "Uh, you yeah. know, yeah. How do you describe it?" And you know. Fifty words or less, or yeah. how much time do you have? And exactly. you know, people, you it's often misunderstood. Or, you know, in the case of my pal that I see every day, you know, she's a hummer and a rocker. And people say, "Hey, you know, what's wrong?" And I want to—I yeah. don't know whether to like, but, hey, you know, punch them in the face yeah. or right. or call them out. And I'm like, do you know that when she's humming and rocking, she's happiest? Yep. So you can ask her, say, "Hey, you know, what are you thinking about?" And, Invariably, she'll say ice cream or Moana or the Disney princesses and yeah, uh, yeah, all I, of those things.
2: I'll like um, be driving around with Adrian and I'll pull into CVS to run in for a, whatever a soda or something, and I'll come out and I, I could see. As I approach the car, I can see the car's rocking a little bit because Adrian's jamming out to some songs. <laughs> exactly. But that's, yeah, that's the way they, they, yeah. you know, that's fuel to them. That's They need that.
0: It's like breathing the, to them yeah, to, to rock they, and move. You Maddie know? loves music. Yeah. Um, I'm getting ready to throw Alexa out the window. Uh, <laughs> because she, <laughs> can, she talk to Alexa? She can call up any song on Alexa. And, you know, yep. yesterday we're riding home in the car, You know, it's uh, snowing out and whatever coming down from, you know, New Hampshire. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we have the Beatles channel on. She's asking me these questions about the Beatles and Mm -hmm. John Lennon. And, you know, then a song, you know, George Harrison comes on. She's like, who's that? You know, and it was really, um, she was very, very, you know, because when you have that screen in the car, you can see the song and the... Oh, yeah. It artists comes up and on the, line, yeah, on and, the and screen. And she's like, yeah. whoa, these are the Beatles. I know the Beatles. And mm. I'm just like, my 10-year-old knows the Beatles. You know, That's pretty awesome.
2: So, yeah, that's pretty cool, too. Adrian is. knows the Beatles, too. And he, he matter of factly points out which one, which Beatles are dead and which are alive. He's like, <laughs> George is dead. George is dead. Now, he's not sad about being dead. He's just sort of clarifying. George is dead. Uh, John is dead. Ringo's still alive. I'm like, yes, Adrian. Ringo's still alive at last check. Yeah. And so is Paul. Yeah. Um, so, well, we got to get Madeline in here, um, get her on the microphone. She, so, so she to, you, know.
0: you know what? Honestly, she would love that. And um, <laughs> you know, it's it's um as she gets older, she's got this repertoire of of knowledge that um, you know, she's she's uh she's going to do great things and uh, yeah. and I think one thing that struck me too, um Dave, when mm-hmm. I was with you one time, we saw um, the folks from brain power and they were, that's right. Yeah. Right. Ned Sahin and, and yeah, company. Yep. Yeah. And they were do- talking about, you know, autism children being able to recognize emotion. You know, I sometimes, well, you know, my, one of my daily tasks are maybe not daily anymore, but tucking, uh, my, both my daughters in at night. And Madeline just sees the look on my face sometimes and, mm-hmm. you know, my wife would tell you I am an emotional guy. Yeah. And I sometimes catch myself in the moment wondering how is she going to be when she's 15 or 25 yeah. or 45. And she will catch me and she'll say, Dad, what's wrong? Wow. Isn't that amazing? Her, her empathy, I mean, I even get teary thinking about it, but her empathy, she's got that down. <laughs> you poor
2: guy. We. She's, I don't have tissues in.
0: <laughs> either, but, no, but she's she's got that down where... Yeah. Uh, You know, at the end of a long day, when I look at these cases, and some are sad that come across my desk, um, it's what drives me to find a way over, under, and through. And I think any other parent um, would do that for their children. And sometimes you need help and to recognize you need help. And that's where we can help.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, hell, in a professional world that's, that's, uh, as ever, competitive, tough, you know. It, life's tough works tough getting up every freaking morning is, is tough to have to and, and sometimes you know people say to me you know I don't know how you do it um, you're such a good dad to him and I and I kind of say well what else would you do and you know what so yeah, there exactly. are what else what, what was I gonna do quit um, I think most people would do it and you get you do get something back you get those little moments oh, yeah. that 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 um, God bless you, parents of typical children with your typical lives, you know, all off to college, and God bless you and all that. But um, I joke, but we, we, you get something out of your children that is marvelous, and we get something as well. It's just a little different. And um, but I'm like you, Pete. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Exactly. Well, as I expected, you and I rambled on like proud parents, <laughs> and uh, I, hopefully, uh, people enjoyed this. And if you have a special needs kid, if you have any questions. Um, you can surely shoot me an email. You can always find me at David at pod617.com. Still very involved in the special needs world. I, I run a, uh, a monthly networking group called the special needs consortium. Be happy to tell you about that and of course pete farrell the great pete farrell thanks so much for joining us this was awesome i hope you enjoyed it
0: no oh, i did thanks we'll, very much Dave. we'll thanks have you back me.
2: if people want to reach you should that
0: what should they do go to the website or if you go to the website or they could uh, look me up at Tampkin, hodgberg and newton uh phone number six one seven nine six four two five zero one awesome thanks, brave thanks man gives
2: out his, his phone number <laughs> thanks pete we'll have you back and do this again soon because i feel like we left a lot out pete farrell on the boston podcast and like
0: could share the podcast because you guys are doing awesome work here so
2: oh my god you you stole my thunder you're a po- you're, a, <laughs> you're a, already a podcast expert your first appearance Not on really. the show we always tell people to share that's right if you like uh, the boston podcast please share it. whatever app you're listening on and by the way you can subscribe to us on itunes you can follow us on spotify pretty much anywhere you find your podcast you're going to find the Boston podcast and all the great stuff we have at pod617.com which is the larger network of stuff you can find all the past episodes of this thank you very much for listening and enjoy your day Boston
3: are you angry because your train ride is over